Hello, this is Automated. I'm Rosemary Orchard and joined by my co-host, David Sparks. This is the podcast where we talk about how to get your technology to do all of your work for you. Hello, David. Hello, Rose. How are you today? Well, uh, we've got a little bit of follow-up from our WWDC episode, actually, as it turns out. Yeah, Rose versus the Leaf Chapter 2. Yeah, Rose versus the Leaf Chapter 2. So last time, uh, when we recorded, we were in person in a hotel room in San Jose, looking at each other, which was a little bit weird, but not bad weird, good weird. And I had my foot up on uh, what the extra chairs that was in the in the room. And that was fine. And then I flew home and went, I should probably go to hospital and get this checked out. Turns out I broke my ankle. So that's good. <laughs> yeah, gang. So Rose just texted me a picture of her foot, her leg in a cast. That's what she did. That's how she told me. Well, I did send text to go with it, but sometimes iOS will take a while to send the text after it sent the picture because yeah. it's so obsessed with sending the picture. And uh, yeah, so David just got a picture of my leg at a cost. Are you feeling any better or things? I mean, are you in pain? What's going on? Yeah, I mean, it's okay. It's not very comfortable. I'm on, uh, they've given me different crutches because apparently American crutches are a safety risk, according to the hospital here. So course, that was good to hear. Of course they are. Yeah. <laughs> As they uh, are. It's, yeah, so <laughs> that was fun. Um, so I've now got two pairs of crutches. Um, and uh, yeah, so I'm hopping around. I'm not allowed to put any weight on it at all, but uh, I'll be all right. Okay. Well, we're sorry that you had to go through that for us automators, Rose, that, you know, but getting the story out about iOS 13 was worth it. Yes. Yes, it it, it totally was. Uh, I, I can't argue about that. Yeah, it was sad because you were really, uh, you know, not as mobile as you normally would be uh, in yeah. San Jose. And uh, I know it was hard for you. It was, but I still think I did pretty well meeting people. And for anybody I didn't get to meet, well, put it in your calendar for next year. I'm pretty certain we'll be hosting another Automators meetup. Yes, and, and Rose is not going to ride a scooter because I am not going to let her. But did you hear there's this pogo stick startup in Stockholm? Oh, no. Oh, no, Rose. <laughs> it's okay. I'm not going to Sweden anytime soon. Okay. So. <laughs> All anyway, right. Um, so let's anyway. get to the content. Yes, let's do that. Uh, we thought it would be fun to talk about automating uh, in your home, home automation on an episode of Automators. Uh, we've covered this a little bit in the past on Mac Power Users, but we haven't really taken a full automation level on it. And honestly, we haven't heard Rose's home automation story, which I am eager to hear. Um, it's also something, you know, this is an ongoing story, really. Um, the, the, you know, the, right now we're in this weird period where there is the battle of the automation systems. Google has one. Um, you know, uh, Samsung has one. Oh, is it Smart Things that got purchased by by Samsung? Apple mm -hmm. has HomeKit. There's all these different ecosystems, and it's frustrating as users because we just want everything to work with everything and not have to deal with these battles. But at the same time, there are different platform makers that have different visions and ideas, and us as consumers, we've been kind of victims of that. I mean. The latest one is the uh, the Nest Cams, you know, which is something that people bought, thinking that they would be useful with the Amazon. Was it? It's Amazon, right? Everybody's using their Nest Cams with Amazon, but then um, Google has now, who now owns Nest, is not making them as compatible with Amazon, and that I know there's still kind of a battle raging over that. Maybe able to get better, but it's like you know, we want to buy stuff, we just want it to work, right? Exactly. And it's very frustrating when you're there trying to set these things up. Usually people get some of the stuff for Christmas. And so you're there on Christmas Day going, why do my lights no longer work? 
Yeah. Like, what is wrong with this? Um, and then you're sitting in the dark, and that's no fun. Yeah. So, but so what I would say is that for years I wasn't, I was hesitant to recommend any of this stuff because I felt like um, I didn't want to turn somebody into buying something that later became a brick on them. Um, mm-hmm. The uh, we're going to talk today about Apple's HomeKit. That's because we're both HomeKit users. We did not want this podcast just to be all, all Apple stuff, but this is the ecosystem that we both have the most experience with, and we're going to just share it and. Um, if you are using a different ecosystem successfully, please sound off in the forums so folks mm-hmm. can see your story. We, I think we'd love to hear from you. Yes. And in my case, I should I should mention my boyfriend is using an Android um, and he's just got a new Pixel. So um, all of the stuff that is set up in my house is designed to be compatible with Android and specifically with my boyfriend because he has certain requirements when it comes to uh, home automation, as you will see later. Yeah. So I, and I like that though. I mean, there's a lot of devices now that on the 10, they say, you know, they work with Android, they work with HomeKit. So mm-hmm. that's good. And and probably that's a real good solution for me. I don't think there's any risk. I'm going to be jumping over to Android very soon. Uh, although I did enjoy, I, I, I text, I did a story about Galaxy's Edge, the uh, new Star Wars thing <laughs> at Disneyland. And I got many concerned emails because apparently that's also an Android phone and people got worried I was switching, but that's not the case. I actually just went to galaxy Edge. but anyway, um, so I, I've been kind of, I'm okay. Just getting stuff that's HomeKit compatible, not necessarily Android compatible, but that's really the short term view. If you're smarter than me, you probably buy stuff that only works with both. Yeah. And, uh, there are certain advantages to home automation as well, because, I mean, it's very well, all very well being able to control your lights with your phone, but then you're just moving the switch away from the door and into a device that can potentially run out of battery. Um, yeah. So that's not necessarily the point of it. Yeah, I agreed. And, and I just wanted to say before we get into that, that the reason I chose HomeKit is because I'm invested in Apple. And honestly, mm. I, I like Apple's general take on home automation. They've had a security emphasis for some time which is one of the reasons why it hasn't grown as fast as some of the competing platforms. But I do like the idea of a company that's taking security and privacy, you know, pretty seriously with, when it comes to the stuff and the, um, and honestly, the, um, the platform has developed a lot. iOS 13 got some really nice upgrades to the way HomeKit works. Uh, but, but I think it's time. It was at least time for me who's fairly close to the sharp end of the stick to start investing in this stuff. And as you'll hear later in the show, both Rose and I have done that. Yes. So, uh, yeah, let's let's talk about some of the advantages of this kind of thing. Because, you know, why would you do this unless it offers you an advantage aside from being super cool? Because being super cool is naturally a very big advantage that I'm sure all of our listeners are very concerned about. Yeah, and I just always like the idea of, of my house obeying me. You know, I mean, I think that's cool. You're right. Uh, yeah. but, but there is, there are several things, central point of control, you know, yeah, uh, yeah. I, we finally are getting uh, summer showing up here in Southern California. Just yesterday for the very first time I'm sitting at my office, I realize I'm getting all sweaty and it's like 85 degrees in here. I just lost track of the temperature. You know how, like when you get focused on something and you don't pay attention to things and all of a sudden you realize, oh, wow, it's really hot in here. <laughs> But yeah, uh, with yeah. my automation, I was able to click a few buttons on my Mac and the air conditioner kicked in downstairs. And that is a significant advantage. It's really, it's, you know, it's, it's all very well and good just being able to turn on and off your lights. But if you can control pretty much everything from one place with 
just a phone or a tablet that maybe you've got sticking stuck to the wall or something like that, that it does make it very easy for you because also then you can set it up to have just one button, which maybe sets the lights to this, the temperature to that, and turns on the television or something. Yeah, so combination. So rather yeah. than five or six individual switches, you can throw one switch and make a whole series of things happen. And that remote control extends outside the front door. Uh, with the Apple HomeKit, if you have an Apple TV or even an enabled iPad at the house, you can control those devices remotely. And just to go back to the air conditioning example, it gets really hot here in Southern California. So if the whole family's been out of the house and we're heading back in the afternoon and we're going to know we're going to come back to a sweltering house while we're in the car, you know, 40 minutes away, we can turn on the air conditioning so when we get home, the house is a little cooler. Yes. Um, and I should also point out, you don't have to make these available on the, the the wider internet, but the advantage with HomeKit is it is available just for you. And as well as an iPad or an Apple TV, you can actually use a HomePod as well. So if, you, if you've been on the fence about getting a smart speaker um, and you haven't picked one yet, but you don't have an Apple TV or an iPad that lives at home to control HomeKit things, then maybe a HomePod is the right solution for you because it will also work as an automation hub. Yeah, another another car automation that we do is I have a series of buttons that turn on the porch light, the interior light, and some of the lights that we would want on when we come home. So if we're coming home late at night and the you know we want to just have the house lit up as we get home, we just push a button and it's lit yeah. as we get home, which is really nice. Yes, it is. Um, and the other thing that you can do instead of pushing buttons, you can let things just happen. Yeah. So based on time or related to. For example, sunset and sunrise, when everybody leaves the home, when one person returns home, when a specific person returns home and, and things like that, which is much nicer because then you can, you know, you can unlock your front door as you get home and it turns on all the lights for you or just the lights you need because it recognizes that it's you because of that iPhone in your pocket um, and all that sort of thing. Yeah, I agree. And um, and we use both of those. I mean, we have a sunset based one that turns on a certain mm-hmm. light, but but when I come home, I really like having just the whole the whole house lit up. I mean, why not? You know. Yeah. And, and you're exactly. not wasting a lot of power if you're just turning it on as you get there. No, exactly. And and it's using your GPS location to do things. But we will cover how iOS 13 may change that a little bit for you uh, later on the show. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other advantages of home automation is it can help you get into routines. So um, I, my boyfriend and I have been trying to make sure that we go to bed at a regular time for months. Um, and one of the ways that we do this is uh, at quarter past 10, uh, all the lights go red and dim, uh, which is a visual cue that it's time for bed. Now, of course, we can override this and turn the lights back to normal, but it's very helpful for getting us into that routine because it's, you know, you see the lights and you get up and you start doing things and eventually you just sort of, get on with it and you don't even think about the fact that you're doing it because the lights have turned red anymore you're doing it because you've got that cue which is really nice yeah i talked about uh, recently on, on how i use keyboard maestro to force me to shut down at the end of the day and plan my next day because of all the benefits of that and it's the same thing i do a thing on my mac but anytime you can have the exterior environment kind of impose a constraint on you that you need that's a that's a really powerful thing and I think I work. I think going to sleep and waking up are both examples of when you can put this home automation stuff to real good use for you. Definitely, and uh, I will cover later in the show exactly what I'm doing for those two. But it's uh, definitely yeah. really good. 
What are your concerns about home automation? Well, a lot of it is internet controlled, which depending on the system does potentially mean that somebody else could control it. So I remember reading an article a couple of years ago about um, Aga cookers. Uh, I don't know if you've got those in the States, but they're a very popular brand of cookers in the UK. Um, and uh, it turned out that the pre-warming function, all you had to do was know the IP address of the cooker yeah. and you could control it. There was no no authentication involved, nothing. It was just know the IP address, send a particular package uh, to it over the internet, and it would start preheating the oven. Yeah. Uh, which, uh, I mean, it, it was thankfully only preheat, and I do believe that Aga patched it fairly quickly once uh, newspapers started writing about that particular incident. Um, but a lot of people store stuff in their cookers while they're not using them in their ovens. So it, it could have been potentially quite a fire hazard yeah what if you stored your laundry in there that would that'd be terrible <laughs> well for one i would suggest please don't store your store your laundry in the oven that's not a great place for it considering the fact that the ovens can get surprisingly dirty with all that food uh fat that spatters off of things and so on you should also and, not store your fireworks in there i think that would also be about oh idea. that that could be somewhat dangerous and firewood as well definitely don't store that in there uh, we, need, we need to take a break for a second i gotta go take something out of my oven i'll be right back <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yes, while David collects the uh, firewood, uh, that could potentially be a security risk, um, you know, depending on what it is and how it's controlled. Um, so you you always have to think about things like this. And if you hook it up to services like if this and that, then of course you need to make sure that you've got a secure password that you're not using anywhere else set up for that service, because otherwise, theoretically, somebody may be able to lock you out of your own home or into your own home. Um, which would not be good. Yeah, I feel like we're just still in early days. I think a lot of the vendors of this stuff, like people who make door locks or ovens, they're just not used to all the terrible nonsense that goes on on the internet with security, right? So mm -hmm. they hire someone to say, uh, connect this to the internet, and they just don't go far enough with the security protections. Yeah, they don't realize that these are you know, potentially an issue for them at all. Yeah. And then you get, and that's why we really rely on getting back to the beginning of the show, these platform vendors, we need Google and Apple and Amazon and whoever else is, uh, you know, uh, Samsung to really look out for us and try and build security into the system, even with not necessarily secure um, uh, devices connected to it. Now I don't have all the answers to it. I'm just smart enough to ask the question, you know, what are mm -hmm. they doing on that behalf? But um, like Apple for the longest time required hardware encryption on anything that was going to be connected to HomeKit that actually had to have a physical chip in it. That's the reason some of us that had Hue lights had to buy the upgraded hub uh, that had the hardware security in it. And I know since then they have decided that they can safely do it as a software security and that now that's, you know, that's happening now, but um, make sure that whatever platform vendor you decide to use has got some kind of plan to try and protect you. Yes. Um, and this is one point where I will caution people. Sometimes you can get really great cheap technology from places like AliExpress and so on. But I, I would caution people that if you are not familiar with this stuff, don't do that. Buy the brand name from Best Buy or Saturn over here in Europe or wh whichever big company it is and buy a brand name that you recognize because if there is a security flaw, you're much likely to find out about it on the wider internet, you know, in, in, the, in the general things that you read and you hear day to day than you are some unknown brand from China, which actually may have been designed to call home for the first place just because 
they don't have a, a brand name that would be ruined by doing something like that. Yeah. So. Yeah. So be aware of security. Be you know. But I don't. I'm going to get in trouble for saying this, but I, I I'm not that afraid of it. At the same time, I'm buying mm-hmm. equipment from vendors that I trust. Um, I'm using a platform that I trust. And honestly, I'm not sticking my neck out very far, except with respect to the lock, which I will talk about in a little bit. This episode of Automators is brought to you by Creative Next. The Creative Next podcast just launched its second season, focusing on future-proofing creators from AI automation. Season two is about communication, how humans communicate with each other, how we communicate with machines, and how machines communicate with us. They're exploring the automation of things like storytelling, smart environments, marketing, and advertising. It'll explore how all of those interesting questions you might have wondered about AI, like how far away is AI from writing the next great novel? And what happens when smart homes become smart workplaces? Creative Next is available from Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you'd like to listen to your podcasts. Plus, they have a companion article series on Medium that's in partnership with Towards Data Science. And they're a member of the civil family of independent newsrooms. Check it all out at creativenext.org automators. That's creativenext.org automators. Our thanks to Creative Next for their support of this show and all of Relay FM. You know, we missed one other big downside of home automation. Oh, Yes. Well, I mean, this does kind of tie in with the next part, doesn't it? Yeah, it's the doghouse. The doghouse of automation. Like, if you are a geek, let's say a geek like me, and you start putting this stuff in your house, and you don't fully explain it to your family, and suddenly things stop working, um, that can be a problem. I, I believe I, I remember a story where this was actually a problem for you and you got into a little bit of trouble about uh, it. Oh, yeah. I mean, we because when I first started playing with this stuff, one of the first things I bit into is the hue lights, you know, the light bulbs you can mm-hmm. screw into. They have them that screw into ceiling lights. They, they've come a long way with the hue lights in the years since they first showed up. But I got some of the first ones and you'd screw it into your lampshade. And then you would have automation and I would try to get everybody to use it. But of course they wouldn't, because why would you go to an app on your phone to turn on lights when there's a perfectly good switch on the wall? Right. Exactly. So, uh, so, and then we had the problem was, so, so they would just turn the switches off. And then of course, once the light bulb was disconnected from electricity, all the automation would stop. So then She'd say, well, I don't understand why you say this automation is supposed to work and how come the porch light's not going on? Well, that's because somebody turned off the switch and now it's not connected, so it can't go on. It has no power. Um, so, you know, and this this ongoing battle was going on, and I realized ultimately it just wasn't going to work. And um, mm-hmm. so I, I, well, I still use some Hue lights. In fact, two that we use is on our bedside tables. Daisy has one and I have one. And I never turn off my switch. And uh, she does all the time. She spins a little knob on the the lamp, and the, the that hue is connected to our network about twenty five percent of the time. You know, it's just just the way it is. But I I don't fight that battle, right? You know, one of the tricks yeah. to a long and happy marriage is to know when to fight and when not to. Uh, but the um, but the other thing that we did, and and I'll talk about it later when we talk about our setups, is, is I realized. If you're going to bring automation to people who are not super nerdy, 
you need to make it invisible to them and you need to give them the benefits of it and remove as many of the limitations as possible. And the switch thing was a big limitation. So ultimately I ended up replacing the switches instead of the bulbs. Yes, uh, which may be a solution. In my case, uh, for Christmas, uh, my boyfriend actually got me some Philips Hue lights and a Philips Hue lights, uh, a light strip. Um, so he was the one who gave me the gateway drug and the oh, permission to go ahead. All right, good. Well, your and, boyfriend's and a little nerdier like, than my wife. Yes, uh, he is. But at the same time, he is also not somebody who likes controlling things with his phone. And if I ever hear him talking to Alexa, it's sort of a once in a blue moon opportunity because it, it just doesn't happen um so uh our setup is designed to to work with that because he doesn't like uh talking to things and pulling at his phone to control lights um so we've set up extra switches around the house but these switches are now in more convenient places and do more things than the previous light switches were and because we live in an apartment we haven't uninstalled the light switches so we've just stuck extra switches next to them which is uh a, a, a simple solution that works pretty well. Yeah. And, and you can get those. I tried that. I had stuck um, switches to the wall and other places. And that, that really just didn't go over that well either, to tell you the truth, because uh, they didn't work. They, they weren't as reliable as I would have liked them to have been. Yes, that is, that is a problem. Though I will say uh, that potentially, especially the Philips Hue Tech, I think it's come a long way because one of the things that used to happen a while ago, which you may see listed in many articles on the internet as a downside of Philips Hue, is if there was a power blip, then the lights would turn on, which is all fine and dandy at two o'clock in the afternoon, but at three o'clock in the morning, not so great. Yeah, yeah. And uh, at one point I had a glitch where my iPhone thought I was continually coming home. So at three o'clock in the morning, the lights would just turn on and then turn on again and then turn on again. Every time I turned them off, they would turn back on um, to the point where my boyfriend was about to start unscrewing the light bulbs when I just thought to put my phone in airplane mode and see if that would fix it. And it did. Um, so, uh, yeah, I had to fix that little issue. Oh, yeah. I, I have a funny automation story, too automation home automation gone wild as well i'll share that but i actually want to start rose i just want to hear what is your setup i mean what hardware do you have and and what kind of automation are you doing in your house yeah so um let's let's start with uh, the speakers because the speakers actually can dictate a lot of your setup so uh, last year i bought a sonos one now i bought this because i had heard great things about the sonos system but i wanted airplay Okay, I was not willing to try something that didn't have AirPlay because I like it. Um, I, I really like that feature where you can just send whatever it is that you're playing to headphones, to your AirPods, or to a speaker. Yeah. So I got a Sonos one. Um, and then uh, HomePods are not actually available from Apple in Austria. But some store somewhere had a refurbished one or a returned one or something. Um, and they said it was in like excellent condition. And I got it, and the cellophane on the box didn't even appear to have been touched. Um, so I, I now have a HomePod and a Sonos, which means that my HomePod could act as an automation hub. I also have an Apple TV um, and iPads galore, it seems like. So I have plenty of options there as my HomeKit hub. Um, so those those are the two speakers that I've got. And then as far as lighting goes, um, it's predominantly Philips Hue lights. Uh, we replaced our bedroom light with a light that's got a fan above it uh, yeah. last year. And one of the requirements was, can we get Philips Hue bulbs to fit into this light? Specifically, the ones that can do the sunrise and sunset. Um, 
because then they're, they're, that's ideal for in the mornings getting, you know, waking yourself up. You know, the lights start very dim and then get much brighter. Yeah. Um, and uh, so there's also a Philips Hue light uh, strip running around and a Philips Hue Go, which is one of the battery powered ones that you can plug in. It spends most of its life plugged in, but it can be unplugged and moved if we need to use it on battery for a while. Um, and then I've got some nano leaf light panels. I've got the triangle ones and you might have seen these because they look really cool and they are. Um, they are fabulous because they can do all sorts of patterns and fabulous things and they're very bright, uh, but they don't have to be. So what made you get those, by the way? I, I remember you shared it with me. I was thinking, what? how did you get nano leafs? What, what? Yeah, well, uh, there was a Black Friday sale last year um, and I'd been looking at them for ages and I really wanted them. Uh, so maybe my boyfriend got me the Philips Hue stuff two years ago. Anyway, um, but I've been I'd just been looking at them, going, "Oh, I really want these." And then they were on sale, and Imor had a coupon, and the sale was on in Austria as well. And so they were just delivered to me. I think it was from France. Um, and yeah, I love them. So where do you have them hung? They're actually right above my desk. Okay. Um, so um, which is really nice because you can do all these different ones. So there's like. The energize one so if i'm feeling a bit sleepy but i still need to do some work then i can put it on energize um and they're surprisingly cool because you know how lights can get quite warm to touch even the led ones sometimes these are very cool which is good because it's currently 32 degrees inside my apartment celsius which is very toasty as far as americans are concerned yeah so yeah so that's the lighting situation and then for controlling the lights we have one of the philips hue switches the one with the four buttons on so that's on off um, and then brighter and dimmer. And a, a number of Logitech pop buttons scattered around. Now, in hindsight, I might not have gone with the Logitech pop buttons again um, if, I, if I was replacing them, but I'm not sure what I would replace them with. Um, but they're pretty good. So there's one by the front door that you just press it once on your way out and everything turns off, even the Sonos, um, which is really good. And then aside from that, we've got a Logitech Harmony Hub, uh, which means that you can switch between the media PC attached to our television, the Apple TV, or my Nintendo Switch uh, very quickly. And it controls the lights as well. Yeah, do you do, yeah, I want to talk about that Harmony Hub. I've not used one in years. I, I played with one once. I actually sent it back because it wasn't working that well for me. But what's mm -hmm. what's the primary goal of it? The primary goal was actually for me to not have to cycle through all of the different inputs on the television. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Essentially, that I was a little bit lazy there, but I actually got it for my boyfriend for his birthday. And I got the one that's got the remote control as well. Um, because uh, one thing I've noticed, my boyfriend really likes dealing with physical things when controlling stuff. So he's, he's much more um, a, this kind of person who would happily pick up the remote control versus talk to the television, uh, which, of course can be done now because we've got the harmony hub um but um this way we have the remote control and with one press you can um either use the media pc or switch to the apple tv um and turn on the gaming uh, uh the gaming mode which is my nintendo switch but it also controls the lighting as well um and so it will dim the lights uh when when you start doing something and then it will brighten lights up afterwards which is really nice. Does that device work with HomeKit or does it just happen to also work with your Hues? It happens to work with the Hues. So unfortunately, it doesn't control my NanoLeaf light panels, but they're also not right next to the television, so that's not too much of a problem. Yeah, you know, we, since we cut our cable, I mean, we really only use the Apple TV. Mm -hmm. So yeah. we just have the one, we have the, you know, the Apple TV remote that everybody hates, but 
the um the, I did put it in a little case as a magnet in it, so we just stick it to the TV. And my TV has that ability to. It's a there's a setting for it, and I'll, somebody listening knows, and they're banging their head against the dashboard. But there's a setting in a lot of the more modern TVs where you can say get your power from the device connected to you. So um, the TV turns on when I press the Apple TV remote. So I don't even have to, I just have the one remote. It's very convenient. Mm-hmm. But I, yeah, I don't think I'm really I think candidate. it's HDMI CEC. Yeah, uh, I think that may be vertical. It. It's yeah. easy. Our uh, Apple TV did that as well. And you could control it with the, with the television remote. But uh, switching between my Nintendo Switch and back to the Apple TV or over to the media PC, because we don't, we don't have regular cable or even watch over the air stuff either. Um, so it, you know, that was, that was bugging me enough that I was willing to get that and, and, and pay the money for it. And my boyfriend is actually very happy with it. So that was a very good investment slash birthday present this year. All right. So how are you tying all this stuff together? I mean, you're on the automators podcast. The, the bar is high. What are you doing? Yes. Well, uh, let's start first thing in the morning. So uh, from 7 a.m., some of the lights, so the Hugo um, and the lights in the overhead ceiling fan start turning on. And there's there's a function uh, in, in the Hue app where you can do like a wake-up thing and you can do it over 10 minutes, 20 minutes, 30 minutes, and possibly a few other time periods. Um, and so they are all doing that. Um, and then at 7.15, lights come on around the rest of the apartment to help us wake up. And at 7.30, the Sonos will start playing. So that is a couple of different automations um, put together. But that's how our mornings usually start. That does mean, unfortunately, if it's a bank holiday, we will always forget to turn off at least one of those. um, Because one of them's in the Hue app, one of them's in the Home app, and then one of them's in the Sonos app. Yeah, so, yeah, I was going to say, how are you automating Sonos? It's not through HomeKit. No, that's through the Sonos app. The Sonos app actually has an alarms feature, and it's playing uh, one of my boyfriend's Spotify playlists in the morning, Okay, uh, which is good because he likes controlling that. So. I was going to next ask you, what, what song is it that wakes you up every day? Well, it's one of his uh, uh, Spotify playlists, and it's it's set to random. So even if he never changes the song, it will always be something different, I hope. Well, that's good because you know, you, there's a problem when you pick a song you love to be your alarm song, right? Oh, no, never do that. Never yeah. do that. Yeah. And definitely do not pick a song that um, your your partner loves or the children love because if you play something like that Baby Shark song, you will go insane. Oh, I absolutely guarantee Why'd you do it. that to everyone, Rose? Everybody. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I, I'm not singing it. If you don't know what it is, do not Google it. Yes. Thank me later. Yes, um, After you Googled it anyway, because I told you not to. Um, but yeah, so so try and pick something sort of neutral. Yeah, I just use the Apple love, Watch. The Apple Watch alarm, because I get up pretty early and I don't want to wake my wife up. And it just vibrates on my wrist. Yeah, yeah, I often use that. But apparently the way I sleep, I sort of smash my wrist into the mattress <laughs> and it does wake up my boyfriend. Yeah. Uh, so Because it vibrates the mattress enough. Who knew? I, I thought uh, you were going to say you smash your wrist into the headboard or something and like break your watch because oh. you're mad it's going off. No, but I should also mention that when I fell off a scooter, I did not break any technology. Good. good. Not one piece. No, not a no single technology scratch. was harmed. <laughs> yeah, no technology was harmed to the breaking of my ankle. So there we go. <laughs> so yeah, um, and then when we leave the house in oh, the morning, wait, uh, what, we, I have to ask: Did your watch say you have fallen? Do you want me to? Yes, call? it did. Oh, and then worked. I actually ran into one of the engineers who worked on that later in the week, and she was there. Going, oh, did it work? Tell me all about it. And, you yeah. know, it's great to share feedback with somebody who actually worked on that, and it yeah. it worked great. I yeah. have to say. Uh, I did not want it to call an ambulance because I didn't know how much that would cost me. Uh, but yeah. Yeah. Anyway. 
So yes, then when we leave the house in the morning, whichever one of us leaves last, uh, we we press uh, the Logitech pop button by the home by the door, and it will turn everything off, including the Sonos. So the Sonos will automatically turn off at eight thirty, which is our ten minute warning to leave. But if both of us leave earlier in the day, um, then we can turn everything off, which is great. Yeah. Oh, I forgot a piece of hardware that I own. There's one more piece of hardware. What's that? It's a Nito Botvac D7. So we have a robot vacuum, oh, which nice. I christened Pirate Kitty because that was in some article somewhere and I just love the name. Um, and that goes around and cleans our apartment for us and sends us a map during the day when we're not here. So that's that's a great feature because you can also tell it to go clean the bedroom or, you know, go clean the bathroom or the kitchen, which especially with being at home with a broken ankle is great. So I spilled some crumbs by my desk today and I just went and sat on the sofa and told it, go clean my desk. <laughs> So that was that was a very good investment. Yeah, I, I'll talk about. I have one too. I'll talk about it in a little bit. Yeah, um, yeah. And then in the evening, um, so the as I mentioned before, the Harmony Hub. When you uh, start and end different activities, it can do different things with the lighting. Um, but then half an hour or so before sunset, and I play with how long before sunset at different times of the year because. Sometimes in the winter, you know, it's more likely to be 45 minutes to an hour before sunset because it's usually overcast. Um, and so it's darker earlier, um, as well as getting darker earlier. Um, but uh, the lights around the apartment just turn on and they turn on different colors. Um, and uh, the home app will start one of the automations on the nano leaf panels. So it's usually something like rainbow colors, like slowly uh, dancing across them, which is pretty. And uh, yeah, then there's the one I mentioned earlier, which is at 10.15 in the evening, all the old lights that aren't colored dim down to be quite dim. Um, and the lights that are colored switch to red. Um, and it's our cue that we should be trying to go to bed, unless there's a good reason not to. So how often do you live up to that? Pretty much always. I mean, yesterday I was in bed at 9.30. Um, apparently fell asleep. Um, I have no recollection of this. Apparently my boyfriend tried to wake me up and failed. And I woke up at 7.30 this morning, so. <laughs> You've been through yeah. a lot, man. I mean, you had, yeah. you broke your ankle. You yeah, some exactly. Rest. Yeah. But yeah, if, if I'm not in bed by, uh, if I'm not already in bed by then, then um, it will do that. And I should actually mention, so um, there's another app on the App Store called Home, um, but it's not the one made by Apple. It's made by, and I'm going to get the name wrong, I want to say it's made by Matthias Gangria, Matthias surname beginning with a G. Um, and it's a little hard to find because it is just called Home. Uh, but I will add a link in the show notes. Um, and this app is great because um, it allows you to do better control of home things. So this the, my 1015 automation only runs if the lights are on. If the lights have already been turned off because we've already gone to bed, then it won't turn the lights back on for us, which I believe is something that you are not able to do in the Home app. There's also one called uh, Home Hub. Mm, yes, yeah. There's a couple of apps, actually. Yeah. Um, which uh, we should uh, go into later, because I also use one called Home Pass and another one called Home Run. Yeah. Um, so and, we, I'm sorry. we should explore those a bit. And it's Home Dash, not Home Hub. Yeah, there's a bunch of them. And, the, uh, and right now we're in the midst of beta, so it's kind of hard to recommend those until we kind of know where everything lands in September. But yeah. There, yeah. there are definitely better apps out there for controlling HomeKit. Definitely. 
Okay, so what is your setup like, David? Because, I mean, I was at your house and I played with it a little bit, but as I was on the guest Wi-Fi network, you didn't give me full control of your house for some unknown reason. Oh, I didn't. You're in the circle of trust. I would have put you on the main network. No, it's okay. (laughs) I'm just teasing you. So, what have you got? Aside from, you know, the same things that I do. Um, Well, I've gone in deep. Let's just put it that way. uh, We talked about, like I said, we talk about it on MPU occasionally. I feel like there's been a substantial upgrade since the last year or two that I talked about the last time. And, you know, I I explained the last time, but okay, I'm going to go in with HomeKit. That's the Apple thing. I have Apple devices. And uh, I wanted to be able to talk about it on shows like this, but I also just wanted to make better automation. So, um, the, I talked about the hue lights and I still have a few of those in, in lamps, you know, where we have lamps that are connected to walls. They still are the best solution for that. But I also had some of the ceiling ones. I, I sold those to a friend and I restarted replacing the, the wall switches with the Lutron Cassetta wall switches. And I was talking to a friend of mine, Robert Spivak, who was a guest on MPU, I don't know, over a year ago, I guess he's a home automation guy. And he was explaining to me that Lutron has purchased its own uh, um, space in the broadcast spectrum. And, you know, one of the mm-hmm. big big issues with all this home automation stuff, just, uh, just another related conversation I had last week in San Jose when we were at WWDC was I talked to someone on one of the platforms, not HomeKit, but one of the major platforms was there. And I talked to one of their software developers and he was explaining that, you know, the big problem is interference in the signal. You know, there's a very limited amount of spectrum that these devices are broadcasting on. And while one may work, once you have five, they're all conflicting with with each other in that same spectrum. And that makes communication difficult. And that's one of the primary challenges that people that make this stuff face. Definitely, yes. So Lutron, for me, has always been the exception. They just work. I mean, they do they do have a base unit that you get when you buy your first one, and I think that's a, a key component. But I've got these things now in almost every every major switch in the house. And, you know, I keep adding them. Every time I have money to burn and, and I want to do something, I'll buy another one of these things, and eventually the whole house is going to be covered with these things. And it's great because they just work, first of all, the family members get that benefit of having a switch that works. But then at the same time, the automation also always works because you are not, you know, you're just not cutting the power off to the smart device like you do with a Hue light. The other thing is nice is there's different kinds of switches. You had talked about how you have the button at your door that you can turn everything off with. I have one as well. And it's a Lutron switch that can, if you press the top button, it lights up almost the entire house. And if you press the bottom one, it turns off every light in the house. So if you're showing up late at night and you're uncomfortable or you hear a noise, whatever, you press that button and the house lights up like a Christmas tree. It just goes up everywhere. But at the same time, as you're walking out the door, if you're like, oh, I'm not sure if I turned off the light, you just press the bottom button and all the lights get turned off when you leave. And it's great, right? I love that. If there were Lutron Caseta switches available in Europe, then I would have actually probably got those instead of the Philips Hue um, because they are much more uh, friendly to other people. Um, And you do have the advantage of the the, uh, the, uh, ability to just turn it off with a button without replacing your light bulbs. Yeah. The downside is that, um, like, if you live in an apartment, you probably can't start replacing switches, you know? So... 
it, you know, it depends and not everybody can use them, but if you have the ability to replace switches where you live and you want a reliable lighting control, it's the Cassetta switches. I am so happy with them. I like, I've got one now on the porch light. So I talked earlier about how we'll turn on lights as we're coming home. It's the home kit driving the Cassettas to turn on those lights. And it's great. Yes. Yeah, it, it is. I can confirm it because I tested it in person. Now, uh, and, and also in addition with the Hue lights, I just on a whim, uh, I was at uh, we, Home Depot was like a home improvement superstore that's in a lot of communities here in the U.S. And I was there once and they had an open box um, set of two Hue light strips. And it, oh. it was one of those yeah. things where we're giving this to you almost for free. We don't know if it works. You know, somebody must have returned it, whatever. They're like, you want to try it? <laughs> you know, go for it. So so I took a, a chance and bought them. And they're great. And they work fine. And I have the strips installed in my office. I have one around kind of my storage closet. And one taped to the edge of my desk. You know, I have a, one of those desks that goes up and down. It's like, I don't know, three quarters of an inch thick. And the strip just is um, is stuck to the back edge of the desk. So when I turn it on, it lights up the wall behind my desk. And um, I love those lights because it's great. They just enough light. Like a lot of times when I get here early in the morning, it's not light out yet. And I don't really want to light the whole room, if that makes sense. But having just mm -hmm. those strip lights on is enough. And yeah. just, just to disclose one of my automations, I also have a sensor in the room that senses motion. Because, you know, I'll go to bed and I'll wait and I'm like, oh, I need that, you know, I need that notebook that's in my office or I left my glasses in there, whatever. And so once it's dark, and this is just using HomeKit automation, assuming it's dark out, if there's motion in this room, then turn on the strip lights, you know. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't yeah. light up the whole room, but just the strip lights. And then there's a separate automation that says... If it's dark and there's no motion in this room, turn the strip lights off. So then it automatically, because you could do it with the automation where it says leave them on for 15 minutes or whatever, but I actually have a separate automation that once it realizes there's no more motion, it just turns them off. Yeah. I actually want to get some more of the strip lights and um, what the motion sensors for that, because it would be great to have under the bed in the bedroom. So if oh, somebody gets up idea. in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom, then it can just turn on like a dim red or something. So the person going to the bathroom can see where they're going. Ah, oh, Rose, that's a great idea. Why did you and say that? I'm pretty certain that that is wife friendly. I'm pretty certain Daisy would approve of that in your case. Yeah, I guess the question would be is, as I'm like, if I like twist and turn in my sleep, is that going to turn it on or not? I don't know. Well, if you place the motion sensor in the right spot, so for example, low enough on the floor that it it's only going to see if there's like, if like feet yeah. are moving, yeah, then it should be fine. Oh man, that's going to cost me money, Rosemary. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm very sorry. I'm tempted. Uh, the other thing I like about those strip lights is they you can set colors with them. So like during the mm -hmm. holidays, I'll set it in holiday colors, uh, whatever the holiday being. Or if I'm just feeling kind of eclectic, I'll I'll change the colors up. Largely, I just keep them white, but I do change the colors on occasion. Important question. Which color is it for Star Wars Day? Uh, you know what? I have not done colors of my lights for Star Wars Day, but I, I think... <gasps> Rebel, I, th I can think I'll set that up. Uh, I, Rebel Orange would definitely be in the mix for me. Well, there we go then. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so so that's the light situation. It's largely covered by the switches. Um, we had the uh, the very first Nest controller 
that gave up the ghost on us last year. I don't know why Mm -hmm. it just stopped working. And um, I wasn't afraid of the fact that the Google bot nest, you know, everybody was like freaking out. I'm like, whatever the hardware works. And, uh, and we, to be honest, I've never, even though I've had this automatic thermostat, I've never taken huge advantage of it. I don't, I don't, I'm not comfortable, you know, about the air conditioning, just turning on whenever the computer thinks it should. Even when we had just a, you know, a mercury thermostat in it, we didn't do it that way because I thought it was wasteful to have it turning Mm -hmm. on if we didn't need it. So, um, but I do like that remote trigger. And uh, so I went ahead when I upgraded it, I bought the, um, the Ecobee, which is the home kit one. Yeah. And, you know, my, my thoughts going forward, frankly, are anything I'm going to buy home kit, anything I'm going to buy for automation home needs to work with home kit with one exception, which I'll talk about in a minute. Same, same thing. Um, a, a police friend of mine, I was talking about, um, automation and stuff. I helped him out with some things and I said, you know, I'm really tempted to do my front lock. And, um, and he, he said, well, you know, Dave, that lock on your door, all that does is keep out the honest people. You know, the bad guys mm-hmm. are going to get through it. So why are you so hung up on this? So I went ahead and bought a home kit enabled lock. It's the quick set one in the United States. Mm-hmm. Cause I already had quick sets and I could, key it and it's the same thing as the light switches it recognizes the existing keys i actually installed it when nobody was home and uh when they came home they used their key to unlock the front door that was my test you know it's like okay were they able to get in with no change yeah okay so the key still works and we still use the keys all the time but it's also got a a touchpad on it if you need it and it's also connected to home kit so um i can lock it like if I come home from a hike and I realize I forgot to lock the front door, I can just press a button on my phone and lock it. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it's very nice and um, convenient, but it's, it's not earth shattering, but it's, it's nice having that. Um, uh, we've got a couple plugs uh, that are, con- that are home kit enabled. And the, um, I think it's, you know what? I'm not sure who the vendor is. I think it is. Um, my parents have got some. I got my my parents some for um, Christmas a few years ago. They've got the Elgato Eve ones, um, yes. and they're really good. They love plugging like the Christmas tree into things like that, and they've got a lamp plugged into it. And my my dad is always super proud that he remembers to say the magic words "turn on the lamp," um, which you know he does that with his watch, and they really like it. And I've I've actually set it up recently so that it turns on when they come home and it's after dark. Um, so they're like pulling up in the driveway and the light turns on. And my mom thought that that was the coolest thing ever. Yeah. I've got a couple Eve ones and I've also got a couple, I, I think I've got an iHome one as well, but the same thing I use it for like the Christmas lights and you know, it just kind of moves around. You know, they're, mm-hmm. they're always in motion. Um, where I, and then the last one that's home kit enabled is like you, I, I bought a robot vacuum. I named mine Mo. Did you ever watch uh, Wally? Yes, yes, I love Wally. Yeah, there's a there's a little robot in Wally who's obsessed with cleaning everything. Actually, mm-hmm. look them up. I'll put the note in the show notes. His name is Mo for microbe obliterator, and he's always kind of angry because Wally's bringing dirt all over the place. It's just kind mm-hmm. of a cute thing. Anyway, I call him Mo, but I also call him my little buddy because you know I'm home alone a lot, working at home. I don't have a dog, so I'm my little buddy. Yep, he gets it's in- like I have pirate kitty. Yeah, he gets into trouble. We have a hardwood floor in our bedroom now, and like he goes and cleans the dust in there. The other day, he he texted me. He's like, "Help! I'm stuck." And I went in there, and he had found one of my wife's uh, workout shoes, you know, on the floor. 
And then he chewed up the the shoelace and he got stuck on him. Oh like, my gosh, my, my my vacuum did the exact same thing. So the first day I was home alone with this plaster cast on my leg, not really able to move. And the robot vacuum messages me and goes, help, I'm stuck. And it's like, oh God. So uh, it sent me a map though. So I knew where it was. So I didn't have to go hunting around the apartment for it. I just sort of went out to it and it's like, you just tried to eat one of my shoelaces. I'm like, hey buddy, you shouldn't do that. That's not good yeah. for you. You know? No. So I got him. I got him unwound, and he cleaned the room. That's cool. But uh, uh, the one thing that I don't have on HomeKit is cameras, and mm-hmm. I did get interested in cameras a, a few years ago. And I was one of the original backers of the Canary camera, which is kind of mm-hmm. an all-in-one camera. I like it because they have the sirens in them as well, so I can remotely trigger a siren in the house if I want. Um, and they're very, you know, friendly. They can not turn on when people, you know, when recognized people are in the room. And you can just stick it on a cabinet and it does got a really good view of the room. And then I, uh, a couple years ago, when we were leaving the country for a short time, I upgraded and bought a couple. They have a wireless one, two canaries that you can put outside the house uh, that you don't need to run any wiring for. And they... You know, they'll they'll watch the front door and the back door and they'll save it to the system if you want. They've got an optional subscription plan like everybody. And mm-hmm. I'm okay with these cameras. The outdoor ones on the wireless connection are nice because I didn't want to have to run a bunch of wires. I'm not sure they're entirely responsive. I feel like if someone just kind of runs up to the door and then leaves real quick, I'm not sure it's going to capture them. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a complete solution. And honestly, when Apple was talking at WWDC saying we're making this new system for cameras to make it ultimate, you know, ultra secure and really protect the video of your home. I was really hoping Apple would say, and we have a camera that we're making that you can trust, you know, (laughs) but they didn't. Instead they're going to third party vendors. And, and honestly um, it's a lot of money to upgrade the cameras. Uh, But at some point I am going to, I want to get those into the home kit web as well. Yeah, I would really like to get a camera that replaces the spire hole on on the front door. Um, Because usually when our doorbell rings, it's actually somebody just trying to get into the building. Yeah. uh, Rather than somebody for us. Um, But if our front doorbell rings, then it's frequently very much, who is that? Like, do we want to go and get it? And my boyfriend and I are both equally lazy and neither of us particularly want to get up and go check it. So it'd be great if we could just, you know, pull up a phone and open something like the HomeCam app. Um, and have a look and see who it is. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think that's, for me, something I'm interested in. Um, Robert Spivak, who I mentioned earlier, had some really great solutions that are, frankly, much cheaper than the HomeKit stuff, where you can run s- uh, software on your Mac that records audio, uh, the video locally. Basically solves mm-hmm. all the problems Apple was talking about without having to spend more money. And I, I probably need to look at that as well. But um, if I do it, I feel like, I may just um, have an electrician run wires for me, which is, you know, to to the key points and, and just do it properly. But uh, that that's on my radar, but I'm not super anxious to get started on it. You know, I'm just kind of keeping an eye on things right now. Mm-hmm. Um, sensors. I have, uh, I have uh, like I said, the motion sensor in the study. I also have one downstairs. I haven't put any in the bedrooms. It just seems weird to me. Um I have temperature sensors with the, you know, with the new thermostat and it came with an extra one. So I put it in my office as well. Although I haven't really applied that to automation as too much either. 
Mm-hmm. But you know the auto- the automatic sensors are really nice because I mean we've got automation that we can set based on computers like at sunset or at a certain time. But but you know motion in a room is also a very nice way to make convenient automation. It is. And by the way, did you know that the Philips uh, Hue motion sensors they can also detect a light level, which is one of the reasons why I'm actually thinking of getting one of those because then you can use it for motion or for light. Yeah. So if it gets really dark, they could turn on the lights for you. Yeah, and I have one of those. You've been in my house now. You came and hung out with Mm -hmm. us. So the upstairs, what I call hallway, it's like across the top. It's like a little thing you walk across to get to the bedrooms. I actually have a sensor in there that, um, so if it's dark out and anybody's walking along the hallway because there's a stair, that's the top of the stairs. I don't want someone to fall down the stairs. So at night, if you walk along that area and it senses motion, it turns those lights on for a short period of time. And that's real convenient. You know, it's another kind of safety thing. It is, yeah. That's that's really good. Uh, in terms of automations, I have lots of um, time and motion based light automations. In fact, I just shared one of them with you. Another one that I use is um, uh, just like some of the downstairs stuff, where it'll turn on. Like if you go downstairs at night, the weird thing about me is I have you know there's multiple people who live in this house, and so you can't be as um, precise with that. Like like I was listening to your um, nights out lights out uh, automation if mm-hmm. there i guarantee you if i had lights you know, turning red at 10 o'clock like go to bed there'd be at least one person in this house that would be angry at me because they don't necessarily want to go to bed the same time i do and uh yeah so that's kind of like a thing you know you got to kind of work around that but but i do have a lot of automations like even the one in the office when one of my daughters visits this also doubles as her bedroom and I always have to remember to turn that automation off because I don't want her like trying to go to sleep and having these strip lights turn on repeatedly. I mean, in that in the, in that particular case, I presume you can just put the sensor in a drawer and that will turn it off essentially. And then you get the sensor back out when she leaves. Yeah, I do. Um, but but I'm a nerd, so I actually just go in and flip. It's very easy in the home app to just turn it off. Yeah, it is. But, you know, there's a lot you can do with this stuff. And Oh, so much. And in addition to the automation, the manual control is also very useful. Mm-hmm. I think I think the more people you have in your house, the more you rely on the manual control. Potentially, yes. Um, like I, I find a lot of the time I pull out my phone or my Apple Watch and I trigger a scene manually. Um, just because, you know, I've decided that we're going to sit down and watch a film or something. And um, the, the Logitech Harmony Hub is great, but it can't differentiate between us watching TV and us watching a film. Before we continue, I want to talk about timing, the automatic time tracking app for Mac OS. Use the link in the show notes to get 10% off your purchase. This episode of The Automators is brought to you by Timing, the app that tracks your time automatically instead of manually. Now, we're the automators, so that's important, right? Automatic, making it automatic, you know, having the ability to get your time tracking accurate without you having to push buttons. And that's what Timing gives to you. Uh, why are you tracking your time? Well, if you're billing your hours, that's obvious. But even if you are employed or billing per project, you need to estimate how long specific task is going to take. Time tracking helps you stay on track with those estimates to make sure you don't end up in the red with your projects, and that can help you make more accurate estimates in the future. And that's what timing does. Instead of making you start and stop timers, timing automatically tracks how much time you spend on each app, document, and website. It can get very granular, and it shows you exactly when you were working on what, when you slacked off, and how productive you've been so you know how to improve your productivity. 
Timing's functionality is similar to iOS 12 screen time, but for the Mac, and honestly, way more powerful. Uh, with timing, uh, the manual tracking and adjustment is still possible, but the automated approach gives you those real great details, and plus they have a gorgeous new dark mode. But you know, when work doesn't just happen on your Mac, that's why timing automatically makes suggestions for filling the gaps in your timeline. When you come back, it says, hey, you've been gone 30 minutes. What were you doing? Walking the dog, I write. Then, uh, then that's tracked for me. That way you'll never again forget to enter a meeting. And with the automatic sync feature, your track time will magically appear across all of your Mac. So even when you work on the go with your MacBook, you'll still have the full picture on your iMac once you get home. I just love the granularity of timing because I can spend time in Microsoft Word, but I have a lot of clients and a lot of different things going on, and that's not enough for me to know that I was in there. But when I know what documents I was working on or what websites I was logged into, that gives me very accurate time as to where I'm spending my time. And timing is so smart that you can attach projects to those websites and documents so it automatically categorizes everything for you. I've probably said the word automatic a hundred times in this ad spot because that's what timing is. It's automatic time tracking. It's a great service. You need to check it out. Timing is so confident that you'll love their fuss-free approach. They offer a totally free trial. Download the 14-day trial today by going to timingapp.com slash automators and save 10% when you purchase. Stop guessing how you spend your time and instead focus on doing what you're good at. We thank Timing for their support of this show. Okay, so uh, iOS 13 is actually going to bring some changes to this. And while iOS 13, at least at the point of talking, is not available in public beta, um, it, you know, it, it it is coming. It will be out in September. Uh, Apple at some point will try their best to push it onto everybody's iPhone and iPad that's capable of this. Or rather, iPad OS will get pushed onto everybody's iPad that's capable of this. Um, and uh, we'll we're going to see some differences there um, just because, you know, Apple like to try and improve the stuff every year. So why not? Yeah, I, I really, we talked about it in the uh, WWDC show, but let's just talk about this in terms of home automation. Um, yeah. But with the new version of Siri shortcuts, they have effectively included all of the home automation routines with Siri shortcuts. So, mm-hmm. and you, you combine that with all these great new triggers, like when you plug into your, what about when you plug into your CarPlay, but when you unplug from your CarPlay, you know, all of a sudden mm-hmm. you can do home automation based on you leaving your car, um, yeah. location stuff, time-based stuff. Uh, and not only does that give you the ability to control your lights and your vacuum, but it also gives you the ability to start, you know, playing music and do all sorts of crazy stuff that you can do with Siri Shortcut. It really unlocks the whole world for you. I can't wait yes. to get started on this. No, it's very exciting. And I mean, all of the HomeKit automations that you've got in Home are net, or will be available under the Automation tab in Shortcuts as well. However, you don't need to worry. They are still available in inside uh, the Home app. But I think in many ways, the biggest part of this is actually going to be the fact that the HomePod can, sorry, the HomePod can recognize multiple voices. Yeah. Um, so, and if the HomePod can recognize multiple voices, that means that different people can trigger different scenes because you can have it run a shortcut. But if that shortcut isn't a home shortcut, if it's a personal shortcut, then nobody else can run that. But you can set up different shortcuts with the same name for those people. And then when they run it, it will do what they want rather than what you want, which 
is, of course, the whole point of automation, having the stuff work the way you want it to. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to that. Um, my wife is not going to be setting up series shortcuts, but I can set them up for her. And yeah, the things exactly. that she likes, we can set up for her. I also like the fact that now the individual HomePods are addressable. Actually, that I didn't talk about HomePods when I talked about my gear, but they have, they're like triples in my house at this point. They keep growing. You know, yeah. I, I keep eyes out for deals. I've got one in the office, one in the bedroom. My daughter took our Sonos when she moved out, one of them. And then I've got two downstairs that are paired as a stereo pair. So I've got a bunch of addressable HomePods in the house. Yes, and that's especially with the, the new Action and Shortcuts, which is to set the, the playback destination, is very useful. So as soon as iOS 13 is a little bit more stable and I've upgraded my iPhone, I will be testing a shortcut that when I connect to my home Wi-Fi network, it sets my, my playback destination to my HomePod. But when I disconnect from it, it will then set it to my AirPods. Yeah. Or pause it or whatever, which is perfect. So that when, I, you know, when I'm not on the Wi-Fi anymore, yeah, it'll be mine. Yeah, I, I still want the uh, HomePod to play my anthem when I walk in the front door, right? I just yes. haven't figured out what my anthem is yet. That's the problem. I mean, I mean, it can't be the Emperor's March because oh no. that's the bad guy. That's the dark um, side. I can't do that. Well, yeah. if I was going to go Star Wars, I would either go with the main theme or the um, the metal ceremony uh, song yeah. at the end of I kind of, episode I kind four. of feel like the Indiana Jones theme might work for you. Yeah, that, that would totally work. But then also, I really love jazz, and there's some great mm. jazz out there. So I, I really have, that's, that's the crisis I'm facing. Well, what you could do, and this is a crazy thought, because this is going to be running a shortcut to do this. You could have it format the date as the day of the week. Yeah. And then have all of the days of the week in a dictionary and have different songs connected to them. Yes. Or different playlists. What I, what I need is a, um, is a Wi-Fi enabled uh, mood ring, right? Oh. Yeah. So it I could... think there is actually like a health tracking fitness ring, but I don't know if it actually connects into Apple Health. Yeah. If it could read my mood, then it could play like maybe it plays some Miles Davis if I'm kind of down and it plays, you know, Star Wars if I'm really up. I don't know. I, th this story is not finished yet. Let's just put it that no. way. Well, put it this way, we're going to come back into a follow-up episode on this once we've got iOS 13. Yes, there we go. No, but I agree. It's like, it really has unleashed a lot of power. It, it makes HomeKit a lot more attractive now that this automation has gone this deeper level. And um, I don't know. I, I feel like in the past where I've said, if you want to wait, that's probably a good idea. I feel like now's the time if you're interested in this home automation stuff, maybe buy a couple pieces and start playing with it because... It's, mm -hmm. it's a lot of fun, and it is really useful now. And, and like another thing I didn't say earlier was my family understands the home app. I mean, my wife uses it all the time. I mean, she turns the air conditioner on with her phone as well, you know. And um, having the stuff kind of in one centralized location uh, has really kind of unlocked home automation for them as well. And while mm -hmm. they, they're not, you know, designing their own automations, they're definitely using their phones to trigger things and, and make some of this stuff happen. Yeah. And and that's one of the great things, especially if you uh, limit it to a few apps and that also applies for Android users. The problem is if you end up with several different things. So if you've got, I don't know, say NanoLeaf Light Panels and uh, Sonos and Philips Hue, then that's three different apps to control things uh, for an Android user. But of course, it's only one app for an iPhone user and the Sonos app. Um, oh, they don't have something on Android that combines everything? I thought they did. 
Not that I found. Um, I've been looking. And if anybody knows, please tell me in the forums. My boyfriend will be eternally grateful. Or he may not be, but I will be because he'll stop complaining about needing to use multiple apps for everything. Well, I mean, there's a solution. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, I suggested it to him. And he looked at me like I'd grown an extra head. All right. So, Um, The other nice thing I would mention on the home kit, like if you're getting your family, getting a couple of them, you want to sell some of your non-nerd family members on it. Show them the control panel, you know, put the widget on control panel for them. So you just swipe down on the newer iPhones from the right or, you know, depending on which device you have. But in the control panel, you can put a home kit button, which mm-hmm. makes it very quick to get to no matter where you are on your phone or iPad. And uh, once yeah. I show that to my wife, that was I know she uses it all the time. Oh, yeah, I use it a lot as well. And also, if you put it in the control center, so you can put home in the control center, and then when you tap on it, it can show eight favorite scenes. I've accidentally just set it the early morning scene because I'm tapping wildly. Or you can control nine accessories, so you can put, like, the nine most frequently controlled individually accessories there. Yeah. Um, and then eight of your most frequently used scenes. So I've got a couple of the manually flight panels in there, which I really like. So. Well, I've been interested in this stuff since the X10 modules, like, 25 years ago i just think it's great i love the idea of making automating stuff that i can automate i mean that's why we're making this show honestly right i mean yeah uh there's too many things for me to do as it is the the more of the little mundane stuff i can get out of my life the better and home automation definitely scratches that itch yes it does um, and I, I, I really like all of these features as well, because um, especially when you add a couple of extra apps made by third parties, you can really go crazy. So I've got um, a complication on my watch, which uh, changes what it does at the different time of day. So if I'm sitting at home, you know, in the middle of the day, then it offers me one set, one, one scene for HomeKit. But if I'm, if I'm sitting at home in the evening, then it's offering me something else, which is really useful. So what 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 are the things you would like to do with HomeKit or with a home automation that you can't do yet? Uh, well, actually, I have to say that in my particular case, there's very little I can't do because I have a Raspberry Pi set up with something called HomeBridge. Um, and HomeBridge is a great service. And you can run this on your Mac as well. I just decided to run it on a Raspberry Pi for segregation. And uh, in case anything went wrong, it would only kill a Raspberry Pi. Um and uh, this means that I've connected, so I've got a NetAtmo weather station that's connected into HomeKit as well, and my my Neato botback is connected, and my Sonus is also connected to HomeKit. Um, I will say that uh, for some reason it's not hugely reliable. I'm pretty certain that I did something wrong in the setup, and that is why, because I've not heard this from other people. But it also means that everything that's available in HomeKit is also available via my Amazon uh, Echo Lady inside of the Sonus. So it works in two ways, which does make life a lot easier for me. Until I had that, I was struggling a little bit with some things. Well, one challenge I'm facing right now is my in my backyard, I have these string lights, you know, that ah. lights up. And they pull too much amperage where, like, the mm-hmm. typical iHome plug is not going to be sufficient. There are now some heavy-duty outdoor plugs. Um, I have not bought one yet, so I guess I just need to try one. But uh, I tried one once a couple of years ago, and it also was not heavy-duty enough to do the lights. I'd like to be able to home kit the, the backyard lights. You know, um, uh, and we, we have wildlife where I live, and sometimes I just want to turn the lights on to scare something away. And, the, um, and I like to make that, you know, put some, maybe even put a motion sensor. I don't know what I do. But the um, 
uh, either way, I that's a problem I have that still hasn't been solved. But but largely, I mean, the big stuff is there. Um, yes, it is. You know, the uh, HomeKit has some pretty advanced rules now that has evolved over the last several iterations of iOS. So now, like, one of the conditions is when nobody's home or when a certain person is home. And since we all have these iPhones in our pocket, HomeKit knows who is home and who is not. And I'd like to get better at using those in rules. You know, that kind of mm-hmm. solves the problem I talked about. I just don't trust them that much. And um, and I don't know if that's justified or not. So that's something else. Maybe that's a, a software problem between my ears. But I, I need to look into that as well. I'd like to get more automation stuff that is conditional upon me being here or me not being here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In my case, because my boyfriend has an Android, actually, that is a missing feature. Like, how can I track whether or not he's at home? And I've been have been looking at, at uh, trying to set up something that monitors if he's on the Wi-Fi network, but then the Wi-Fi on his old phone broke. Um, so uh, he, I couldn't even track him based on whether or not he was on the Wi-Fi. And now, now he's got a uh, Pixel. So uh, hopefully I can figure something out so that I can say, like, if either of us is at home, I mean, I'm sure there must be something for HomeBridge and Android where I can do that. I just haven't looked enough for it yet man it's just like uh the the iphone and the android couple do you guys argue well, about that sort of thing no no uh we've had discussions about it but not arguments in his case he just doesn't really like the apple stuff he thinks it's overpriced i personally disagree and find the software integration to be a major selling point yeah so yeah yeah the old the old we story. agree to disagree the old story <laughs> it's like romeo and juliet for nerds yeah, a little bit, but less deaths involved. <laughs> All right. Well, anyway, uh, home automation. I'm glad we were able to spend a little bit of time about yeah. on, the, on the automators. We have a forum, so let us know, especially if you're outside of HomeKit, what works for you. And, yes. um, and uh, I do have just a couple of final parting tips for people if they're looking for stuff. So, for example, my, my, my nighttime scene, it only runs if the kitchen light is on. Yeah. Because I just picked the kitchen light because that was an easy one. And I'm doing this with an app called Home 3. I, I got the name completely wrong earlier. I got the guy who makes Yoink. This is made by Matthias Hochgatterer. Um, and I will have a link to that in the show notes. Um, and there's two other apps uh, made by a lovely person. I believe his first name is Aaron. Home Pass and Home Run. So Home Pass, you can store all of the, the codes for HomeKit in there. Um, and you do have to add these separately, but then they're all in one place. So if something goes wrong and you need to reset up your home, then they're all in one place, which is very useful. And Home Run is the one with the complications changing that I use on my watch. And and Home Dash is the one that I've been playing with, but um, right now I'm kind of focused on the Apple app because betas, right? Yes, exactly. But at the same time, I have to say, I've not had any problems with any of this stuff on the iOS 13 beta. I will grant you my Apple Watch and my iPhone are actually not on the on the betas right now because I'm, I'm waiting for the public betas on those because as always, first developer beta is a little wonky. But Yeah, and I guess one point we didn't make about the iOS 13 beta is the controls are better. Um, oh yeah, like so the, much better. The air conditioning controls and some of the you know they they reworked some of the controls. I still don't like that they're all a bunch of rounded rectangles. I mean everything looks the same. I would prefer yes. that the iconography be more prominent. So when you're looking between switches and light bulbs and things, that you can find the stuff you want easier. But um, they, they have improved the actual controls with iOS 13. All right, uh, so that's it on uh, home automation. Let us know in the forums if you've got something cool that you like. And uh, 
We will see you in a couple of weeks. Thanks to our sponsors, uh, Creative Next and Timing. And we will see you in two weeks. Bye-bye.